Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is Daniel Cates interviewing Charlie Carroll. That's the kind of hype you need for a, for a conversation like this. It is happening. Two future leaders of the world combining their talents and minds to change your lives. Let's hope it works out that way, I think. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think it's coming. What's up, everybody? I actually was already introduced by Charlie in a twist of events. Um, but here's Charlie Carell. You guys may know him as the spiritual uh, guru of sorts of poker. Literally, probably like three people out there think of me like that. <laughs> well, he's got all the all the magic stories and all the mystic adventures, and he's got his own Discord that has uh, quite a number of people in it, and it's quite involved uh, over. Um, how many subscribers do you have on YouTube now, actually? 71,100. 71,000. Okay, that's pretty good for poker. Right, um, it's pretty good. I, I, gotta, I gotta be honest, it should be more, but because my production value has been consistently terrible for five years, uh, it's, it's, it, ain't, it ain't doing so hot. Um, and yeah, I, I, find, I find the YouTube grind uh, to be... It's challenging. It's challenging. Uh, a little harder than it looks. That's for sure. You have to, especially while traveling, I found the traveling is really well, f***ing geniuses like me and you for, you know, when we're just all maths and numbers and clever things and spiritual enlightenment, you know, it's it's not easy to drop down into the, into the technical world, but, uh, and the um, marketing world and the thumbnail world. But I, I actually, around about four months ago, I started taking it actually as properly seriously. I started thinking, I started looking at the analytics for the first time ever. And yeah, there's a lot to it. And the people who are crushing it, uh, you know, like Mr. Beast, for instance, or in the poker world, like Phil Galfin's doing amazing at the moment. Doug did amazing. They're, they're on it. Like, they're really, really on it. And I think I think it's uh, it's an underrated art. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I read a couple books on it. But um, anyway, no, most of the audience doesn't really know what we're talking about. They're interested in the poker. Maybe the the magical stuff. Uh, I, think, I think there's an audience for that. Um, you got all the magical stuff. We'll get into that. But uh, yeah, you've got a most mystic poker player. You've got the live reads, and you could read people's faces too. Uh, and you could read people's energies, I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe even their souls. Can you read their souls? No, souls souls tend to be pretty hard to get to. But uh, you can definitely get the imprint of their their existence through their face. It's it's actually it's uh, one of the things that the the modern world has kind of forgotten. But if you go to other parts of the world, like Africa or Asia, it's like a well-known thing. Uh, in, in England, we call it physiognomy. And it's the idea mm -hmm. that our faces are like a tapestry of our lives. And that, you know, if somebody has like really kind eyes or really like stressed mouth, you can kind of tell a lot about them. And it's the idea that you can take that pattern recognition software that we have in our minds way deeper and there, I've met people who are so unbelievably good at it that I'll give you one example of a magical thing. We'll get we'll get up we'll get off to a quick start. So I was, I was at my um, I was at my I was at a retreat that I hosted for Life Tales, right? It's the sec second one I did, and I had a, a friend there called Chi, and he had a really bad cough, and he was keeping he was keeping himself up at night. It was pretty bad, and so I took a photo of him of his face, very unique face, and I sent it to my I'll call her my spiritual teacher. But uh, I've told I've told you about her a little bit, the the one up the mountain. I'm not going to give too much information about. But I said, hey, can you see from his energy? And energy is a very vague word, unless you get into the very detailed specifics of what I mean by that. It's it's going to be hard to understand. But let's say energy. Uh, can you can you see what's up with him? Why he has this really bad cough? And she texts back. I could even show you the text if you don't believe me. Um, and she said. When he was younger, he had bilateral pneumonia and it never, it never completely healed up. And I said that to, to Chi and he went, what? How did she know? How did she know that? And he had bilateral pneumonia when he was seven. And I, the reason that I sent, I sent the photo of him is because she's done this kind of stuff dozens and dozens and dozens of times in different spots for different, different things. And I had a very, very high, uh, you know, high trust in her ability to do that. And, you know, the chance of that being a coincidence is just, just that one example is just uh, uh, thousands to one and uh, maybe tens that of thousands. That is true. To one. I have heard sort of similar things. Um, 
I mean, like I've seen, I mean, but nothing like that specific exactly. Um, I mean, I've seen things that were in the spirit, seem spiritual that seem that specific, but were really inconclusive. I mean, I guess that stuff makes sense. I mean, if this is a real thing, I, I want to learn it. I, I feel like I'm better at reading people's souls than, than reading their <laughs> facial imprints, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. It's not only faces that you can actually, that there's, there's, there's so much to this and I've been studying it more than I've been studying poker for the last like six years. There's so much to it. You can go in so much depth. It's actually unbelievable. Um, but there, there's many, many different ways of doing it. There's a scientific way of doing it. There's an artistic way. There's an intuitive way. There's an energetic way. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty wild how in the modern world, people would bet their left kidney that they that this thing doesn't exist. They would bet like a million to one or a hundred thousand to one or whatever. That these things don't people exist. People are so weird with how obstinate they are these days about like about like spiritual things. It's like, it, it's very, it's, it's strange. It's as if like, it's a bizarre like, I, I mean, I would say I don't know, but like people will just be like super, super against the possibility. I, I just don't know where they get this unless they're like super researched. Um, yeah, but, I used to be I mean, in that mindset. So I, I definitely understand it to a large degree. And I, I grew up like super atheist, hyper skeptical, rationalist, materialist, all, all of the naturalists, everything like that. All and you're yeah, all religiously anti religious. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. And I, <laughs> I would, I would, I would, I would debate every single person that was religious that I come across, and I would win every single fucking time because all the religious people that I met were so unintelligent, let's say, and not very articulate, and not very persuasive, and yeah, all the scientific people I met were like super persuasive. And so yeah, I, I had this was... mindset of like scientific people are just like the smart people, and the religious people are the dumb people, and that's it. I would say that, like, experientially, that would probably support your views pretty strongly. I mean, that makes sense to me. I mean, I do think that a lot of religious people kind of get into it purely based off of the emotion, which is whatever. But, I mean, those people are not going to be very good at debating it, of course. Um, there, is a very, um, there is a very logical and intellectual side to it that um, if you read, like, uh, Vivekananda... Swami Vivekananda, who also debated between rationalism and um, like spiritualism or, or de debated over the existence of God anyway. Um, or if you read um, other guys like Thomas Aquinas or um, the various Hindu texts and things like that, or Buddhist texts, they very much say, don't believe in anything unless like he literally, like literally the other day I was reading and the guy said, don't believe in anything unless like, there's no evidence for it, but like people just seem to miss the point of that. Like it's not supposed to be pure, like faith-based in terms yeah, of this, like this believing something thing. invisible. I, I, whenever I hear the word faith, it's often people thinking that faith means to believe without rational understanding. And that, that to me isn't what faith is. Like, I, I don't believe in anything unless I have like experiential empirical evidence or rational evidence to believe that something exists. And I, I, I'm like so overly skeptical. Like when I, when I met my spiritual teacher, for one of better words, I questioned her so much, even though she showed me time and time and time and time again, that she was just like, she was a crusher, man. She was a high stakes crusher. Uh, but I was so overly skeptical because for me, it's like, it's the part of the spiritual process that is so important is the not believing stuff that isn't real. And when you meet most spiritual people, they're off in the clouds and they, they don't have the ability to like ground their rationality in, in, into their, into their understanding. And they, you know, you meet a lot of people that are bad PR for the spiritual communities. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. There's lots of bullshit within it too, hundred percent as well. Um, and the idea of faith, uh, actually I would say, well, there's a couple ideas, um, about it, but one is that, you know, in poker, when you're losing or whatever, but you know, like the logic's there and you know, like, you know, like the, the rationalism's there and, you know, like what makes sense to believe in or like what's right to do or that kind of thing. Like that to me is like an example of faith in a positive way. You keep believing yourself even though you're losing. Like that kind of thing. That would be like faith. It's a very similar principle that works in most situations. Um, There's something we said for like trying something to see if it works as well, which for some reason, rational people just like can't seem to get, o get over this idea rational people can't seem to get over this idea of um of uh trying 
things that may that they can't exactly prove incorrect to see if they'll actually work. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like they refuse to, I mean, there's ironically like this, like something irrational about their stubbornness. It's a weird thing yeah. about it. It's like they're, like I said, they're religiously anti-religious a lot of the time. Oh yeah, it's a hundred percent what happens if you take. It's the part of the human mind. If you take away God from their existence, which is fair enough, if you don't believe in God, people have the proclivity and tendency to want to replace God in the head with something else, whether that be solvers, or whether it be science. And it's, it's in in today's age, like science is the new uh, science is the new religion, and you saw that really strongly in twenty twenty where people's religious beliefs in the scientific institutions were shaked so hard. And it caused a lot of upheaval in, upheaval in people because they're like, wait, these scientists have been lying to us the whole time? Wait, these, mm. these data have just been falsified? Like, what the heck? And it's, it's like, it, I saw that in so many people, it's like really shattering of, of, their, of their belief systems. And it, and it caused a lot of pain in a lot of people. And it caused a lot of anger in a lot of people. But then in other people, it, it's almost like they became more religious. Like the more data points that showed them that the scientific institutions are being captured by corruption, the more intensely vehement they were in their belief of these scientific institutions. And it's, it's actually what, what can happen quite often if you have like a strong identity. It happens, it happens a lot in, uh, in like Stalinist Russia. You know, people like so heavily strong communists that even when they got taken away to the gulags themselves, they were just sitting there being like, oh, it's okay. Mother Russia's going to take care of me. So, you know, somebody's going to come get me. I'm not meant to be in here like these other heathens. And then, you know, they'll be even stronger and vehement in their belief to the other prisoners to the point where eventually they just had to, they just had to give up and, and one day say, you know what, maybe I was wrong. And it, it can take people years. And uh, I, I don't know if you've ever, ever read anything about that, but it's, it's fucking fascinating. Uh, well, well, I read a bit about um, uh, communism, actually. The ironic thing about communism was that, first of all, I believe Marxist specifically was very anti-religious to the point where communism became, like it had all the components of a religion. It effectively was a religion, um, except that instead of like believing in, you know, some uh, mystical being or whatever it is, it would be belief in um, whatever the communist ideology was but the ridiculous fervor and all that stuff was there and all the you know the movement um if you it doesn't really work just to interrupt quick choose one religion that you resonate with the most i'm very curious i mean it's either gonna be i mean i guess hinduism because buddhism the difference between hinduism and buddhism is that Buddhism just focuses on um, getting to enlightenment basically as fast as possible, whereas Hinduism is a an alignment of becoming enlightened, but also living in the real world. Um, Buddhism was also aimed a lot towards the lower classes uh, that Hinduism neglected uh, because of the caste system, the caste system being like one of the worst things that ever happened, I guess, because the Hinduists twisted Krishna's words and um, created these ridiculous casts that don't really make any sense. Um, you know, you know, I've, I've noticed I've spent a lot of time with Hindus recently and I've, I've realized that none of them can agree on anything. Like there's so many different types of Hinduism and, you know, some people worship Krishna, some people worship Brahman, some people worship like various other different gods, like Shiva or whatever. And they'll have this like hierarchical system. And, uh, it's, it's really, really hard to kind of like break through the bullshit. And it's the same for Buddhism as well. But I think at the core of both of the religions is so much truth. Like Buddha's teaching, like Gautama Buddha's teaching is in, in my opinion, perfect. But then when it's translated and put into practice and put through the minds of other people, it, it, it just gets, it, it just turns into another religion. And I've, no, I've sure. found so many culty Buddhist practices and so many culty Hindu practices and, yeah, I, th this is why for me personally, you know, I, I take a lot of inspiration from both of those and from other religions as well, uh, including like Christianity and Islam. But um, I don't like to have a practice that, that is religious per se, because it, it just gets all weird and culty really quickly. Yeah, well, religion generally has too many like precise, like precise um, 
too many dogmas, things like this. Um, yeah, uh, Buddha was Buddha's philosophy was a lot more ironed out than you could say Krishna's. Krishna's didn't really. I mean, there were various, what were they called? The Rishis that wrote a lot of things, but Krishna himself didn't seem to write too much or like people writing about his life. Yeah, it's, it's interesting as well with Krishna. Loads of people think of him as this enlightened human that existed. Some people think of him as the literal God of the universe. Some people think of him as just another, another like vaguely enlightened person. Uh, I'm actually going to probably be traveling to Vrindavan, the birthplace of Krishna. Um, mm -hmm. in the next few months. Uh, Is it Vrindavan or Vrindavan? Vrindavan. We can't even agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. But apparently in Vrindavan, at least, they, they believe that that's where he lived or was born or something. And in the streets of Vrindavan, they're singing Kirtan. They're singing like Hare Krishna and, uh, and, and uh, sing to Radha as well because she, she lived there. And, like all, all of the, and it's just like constant throughout the day. And it's the kind of thing I'll do on a Friday night anyway. So I'm I'm really excited to go. I don't think it'll it'll lead me to anywhere close to enlightenment, but I, I'm really excited to at least go go try it out. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like one thing I can tell you is reading about these religions, they, once they start talking about avatars and carnations and all this shit, I'm just sitting here thinking, what the f is all this? Because they contradict really a lot if you look. And I mean, now there's all these new agey sects and there's, you know, there's aliens in the middle and now there's alien souls on earth and star seeds. I don't know if, Bro, one of that, all that if, you, if you hear the word star seeds in your, in your spiritual group, fucking like run is I've okay. never, I've never met a grounded person that thinks they're a star seed and uses that, that language. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, sorry, if, sorry to your friends or whatever. But and and the other one, light language. If anyone says they do light language, just fucking ditch it. <laughs> light language. Literally, there. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've seen it, but on online, if you go on TikTok and just put light language in, there's thousands of people who are like vaguely spiritual or whatever, and just go. <laughs> <laughs> and, <it's> like, <laughs> and to them that is like they're downloading information from aliens and giving it out to the people and uh it is nonsense it is bullshit and it is uh it, it, it is pushing people away from spirituality and, and real real grounded spirituality but it, god damn it's funny <laughs> i think we need more light language on the channel yeah. <laughs> we need to learn some light language <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sing a mantra do you do you know any, do you know any mantras uh i don't know about a mantra right now i can't i don't know if we can handle like um a, a, jing, a jingle uh what is it at the tune right a jingle? Right now. yeah <laughs> give, give me give me like 10 sec 10 seconds i want to speak about mantra for a second maybe i can All sell right, you on 10 it. seconds so you got 10 seconds Om Triambakam Yajame Hesugantan Pushtivatanam Urva Ukamiva Bantanam Richamukshiamam Ritat. Now, bear with me on it. Bear with me on okay. it. Mantra is one of the things that I was like, I'll try it out. It has changed my life probably more than any other spiritual practice that I've tried. Maybe that's not true. I don't want to fucking compete, but it's up there at least. I do it every fucking day. At the very least, it makes me feel good, but at the very most, it's like a toolkit of different energies. And you, you can really dig into what mantra is. You can really dig into what, what words are. And, and, and every genius out there, Einstein, Tesla, they all say the universe comes down to frequencies. And in that frequencies, you have geometry. Yeah, they're all talking about that. They do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this is what the, the Buddhists are saying. It's what the Hindus are saying. It's what, it's what are they? the... the yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. All right, I missed this memo. Um, <laughs> yeah, you should try it out, man. And the idea is that there are certain energies out there, the fundamental fabric of the universe itself, and that we can then resonate with. So let's say the energy, the concept of removing obstacles, and then some, you know, you could give that a name like Ganesh, for instance, is what the Hindus do. And then you can, you can, and very, very wise and powerful people have channeled uh, certain sounds or figured out the, the right sounds that really resonate with the energy of removing obstacles that, that are in your life. And, you know, don't just take my word for it. You can, you can actually just go and try it out. Go chant Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha 108 times for every day for 44 days and see what happens. 108 times might be, I mean, I would try something if it doesn't take that much time. Let's put it that way. It's like, like a gamble in It takes my like eyes. five minutes. 
I mean, I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm open to something like that. I mean, it's not too much effort. I mean, yoga's already proven at least, so that's nice. Um, I guess even the Buddha did mudras and tantra or whatever. I don't know. Mantra, uh, yeah. I don't get it, man. These things I really don't get. <laughs> I mean, that, there's I, a reason that 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 his 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 something that I like to say on my stream is like. Have you have you ever seen the video of the the monk who sets himself on fire? I haven't seen the video, but I read about him because I was very curious. Yeah, what yeah, about him? You, you can you can go on YouTube now and put Vietnamese monk set sets himself on fire, Buddhist monk sets himself on fire. Whatever. I didn't watch the video. I didn't really want to watch someone burning alive. I just like read about him. You know, bro, it's pretty chill. You know, and 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 here's the thing: if 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 I set anybody listening to us right now, if I if I if I lit a match and put it against their arm, what's their reaction going to be? Um, probably not going to have a good time. Yeah, they were like, ah, this guy gets his friend to douse him in in flammable liquid. This is before Photoshop or anything like that existed. Gets somebody to light a match, whole body up in flames. His reaction. Doesn't move a fucking muscle. What an alpha! What a, what a beast! And the, and the question is like, how did he do that? And I watched that, and I'm like, oh, I really want to understand how somebody can have that much of a mastery over their mind and their body. And you go and ask these people, like, yo, 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 how are you doing it? And most people don't even get that far and just ask them. Most people are like, oh, it's the practice of Buddhism. That's what they do. But they don't they don't figure out how. And you go and speak to them. And they have all of these different practices that it's like, oh, it's it's not just detachment. It's not anything like that. It's it's actually very often like spreading your awareness. So you're aware that you're not just the body and you're not just the mind. And then you don't just identify with the, the limited self of the body. And you're actually aware that all is one. And, you know, this part being on fire isn't actually that that bigger thing when you're when your awareness is so wide and you know, various other other practices and techniques. And it's like, well, these are the people that are sitting in their in their in their temple saying om for ten hours a day, five hours a day, whatever they're doing. They're or they're they're going om pamehom, om pamehom. And well, something's working for them. And this is the thing about spirituality is if you see results, you got it, you got it, you gotta chase it. You gotta be like, <laughs> whoa, 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 wait, wait. How is there how and it's, he's not the only one to have done it. There are other people that have done it. Uh, it's pretty rare. I read, I mean, uh, I mean, this does seem like detachment, honestly, this is how you detach, right? You realize somehow emotionally that you're not the condition yourself emotionally and not be so like wrapped up in your pain and things like that. However, however you do that, um, yeah, it seems very difficult. Oh, um, in the latest news, spiritual news, I think I talked to you about this. I'm doing ayahuasca. At least that's the plan. I'm going to have to be pure for a little while and try this <laughs> celibacy thing. And no table salts is not going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, yeah, you're reading those uh, faces of those uh, shamans. But apparently, like in the spiritual world, you know, you got to have Where like, did you the find right these face. guys, by the way? They, they don't look so good. No, you just find him online? What's going on? Like his friends found them that don't know anything. Okay, yeah. Not so wizards. here's the they thing. Can read their faces. Here's the thing. Shamanism has been corrupted by many, many things, and it's become an industry. And people make a ton of money from people like, like you know, you and, you know, people with lots of money from the West going over and being like, or from the East for them, going over and being like, uh, hello, I'll pay you $2,000 to leave me in a, in a ayahuasca ceremony for three days or whatever. And they're just printing money. And so they, they, they fall for that incentive and overblow their own competence or convince themselves they're more competent than they are, or they might be dishonest. And hit, and for something like ayahuasca, where you're bringing yourself into the most vulnerable state you've ever been in, probably, you need somebody who's 100% trustworthy, 100% competent, has done it so many times and not had any issues, knows what to do if this happens and that happens and this happens and that happens. And most of these guys, they don't. They come from maybe a lineage where six generations back before we colonized the the, the people and, and destroyed their land, they might have had a good understanding of how to do it then. But that trauma being passed down by generation to generation is just fucked with their idea. And they have this thing, it's like, you know, the, the quote, beware unearned wisdom. They're, 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 they're tapping into ceremony. They're tapping into, into plant medicines that they just haven't 
they haven't done the inner work for themselves. They haven't achieved that level of stability and enlightenment themselves or whatever they would call it. And now you meet these people that are going around doing ayahuasca with them and they're all fucking off in the clouds because they haven't been able to ground or integrate the, le the lessons that come with the ayahuasca or the ayahuasca wasn't prepared properly. And so it's, it's a dangerous thing to do. So if you, if you want to do it, you have to really, you have to find the fucking the goats. Okay. Well, you really put some doubt into my situation. Like how do you even find who's good? It seems like nothing's good, man. It seems like, like what's actually good out there. Seriously. Because yeah, it's, it's not easy, kind of but it, it is, it's out there, man. It's out there. Like I, I, I messaged somebody today for you. He's called Kurikindi. You can actually find him on YouTube, K-U-R-I-K-I-N-D-I. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he's only done a couple of interviews back in the day, but he, he's fantastic. And he, I, I have a friend, she was actually a, um, I, I met her through poker and she, she went out with him to the Amazon rainforest. She did ayahuasca for 30 days in a row. And she was like, for some of the people that were there, she was like the first white person that ever seen. And she came really? back really powerful really evolved and and she learned how to use ayahuasca instead of be used by it in the as as you know most people would go there and they're just be along for the ride um a lot of these shamans can use it as a tool and uh you know it, it worked out for her and I, I think for somebody like you it'd be it'd be really powerful to because ayahuasca what it does is it unravels you and it unravels things in your mind that need unraveling and then it gives you that that space to then to then build upon that where the phoenix rises from the ashes uh, kind of thing well sure i i'm curious uh yeah i'd like to be uh, i would like to become a phoenix that rises from the ashes uh that sounds fun or, or that sounds good anyway yeah. uh, I, oh i had a crazy idea why don't you um well you roasted them do you want to roast my face on a on the podcast roast your face with the libraries yeah, okay. It's a little bit blurry right now because of the camera, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, how harsh do you want me to be? Um, let's try medium harsh. I feel like <laughs> medium heat. <laughs> a couple of chilies out the scorpion the scale. I didn't right. know there was a super harsh. I didn't know there was. I mean, well, I, mean, I, I don't personally mind it. I think, but I, 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 for the podcast, it might not be ideal. I don't know. I've been I've been watching a lot of stand up comedy recently as well, and a lot of like roast battles and things like that. So it's uh, it's, it's kind of in in me right now to be to be really harsh. But um, good, we're good. Give give me your spiritual roast. This seems like a thing. <laughs> All right, let's let's see what comes. I'm gonna get a photo of you up on uh, on Google. We can edit this. I down. mean, the photos could be old. Maybe my energy changed. All right, Jungle Man, 2023. Then yeah, these are the 2023 photos. All right, I got one. You as the Terminator. Uh, yeah, you got some cool outfits, man. Okay. All right, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just go like this. All right. Here's the thing. When you are focused on something, you can be extremely powerful. Your manifestation energy is is in, insanely powerful because your mind has so much, so much raw cognitive capacity. So it's not like a roast, but uh, the big but because you get almost like this, like aspergic level of, and I don't believe in these labels, but aspergic level of obsession, um, it can be really detrimental to a lot of your life and you, you miss out kind of like the larger picture of, of, of what's happening. So for instance, on, on your spiritual path, you'll have, you'll have this proclivity and tendency to, to focus in on on one aspect of it and you it will almost be like you have these blinders on and you don't you don't see this element and this element and this element and that can be really frustrating for you because you're like well this thing isn't giving me all the answers uh this person isn't giving me all the answers um and you're not really fitting it into that like larger picture of what's happening you you also have this um almost like childlike attitude of when somebody um, doesn't make sense or disagrees with you in a certain way where you can get really triggered without realizing it. And this is also me coming from knowing you as well, but I'm, I'm, I'm channeling. Um, and when, when you, when you get triggered, it, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's very difficult for the, for the person you're getting triggered, uh, to like get around that and soothe it because you're also not very open to compassion and love. 
And it's something that I've loved watching grow in you over time. It's like, I've, I've watched you get slightly softer and softer, but the thing that you don't realize is there's so much more to go because you're such a sweetheart. Like I was speaking about this with Hannah and she, she was like, for, and I think I told you this, for, for women, you're gonna be like the dream guy. You just have this block in your heart because you've got the looks, you've got the skills, you've got the money, you've got the passion, you've got the ambition. But when it comes to that like, like really gentle, tender softness, which I can see in you, there's this big block where you don't let people in. And as soon as they start to get close, you, you kind of get a little bit panicky. And your way of panicking is to like criticize somebody else. And that pushes them away. And that, that it's, it's the thing that kept you safe when you were younger. It's the thing that kept people at a distance when you were younger. It's your powerful intellect. You could think your way out of things. You could criticize people and put them below you because they were doing the same to you. And it's, it's one of the, it's, it's, it's one of the things that over time, when you manage to open your heart, you'll just be a beast. But at the moment, your heart is so closed, man. And there's so much love waiting to pour into you and pour out of you, but you just don't see it yet. Um, I thought this was going to be a roast, first of all. Well, um, I, I can roast the way roast. you look. Uh, you all can... right. Hi. You, you, you look like if, uh, if a mad scientist never hit puberty. Okay. You can certainly do that. <laughs> I think you look like uh, wait, wait. You look you 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 look like um, you look like if if uh, if an if like you look like a really famous actor, but if they had like really intense autism and they were like super into Lego. <laughs> no, it's pretty good. I'll take it. <laughs> um, I uh, I don't know if I agree with the. I use criticism to push people away. This maybe is your experience, but uh, I'm definitely not doing something like that on purpose, or I'm not aware of it for sure. Um, you did it. You did it okay. also with that that woman that you told me about that I won't name. Oh, uh, I don't think I did. No, I didn't push her away with that. I I maybe criticized. Not really. I didn't even mean to criticize her. Actually, that's a misinterpretation. It just could have been something could have been taken as, as to be honest, like some weird sensitivity. So other other than her, like what what's your dating strategy at the moment? Someone get me started, man, and go on and on about this kind of subject. I just think it's a subtlety. It just it just makes me wonder why things are so complicated. But okay. My uh, my preference for dating advice is always work on oneself and then attract better, high quality people. I found I found that the more the more that I evolved, the more naturally inclined I am to connect with people who are also evolved. Um, yeah, that's true, but you still have to meet them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, the universe has got a funny way of introducing the right people at the right time. I found. I mean, I, I don't know if that's true. Like, that's also conjecture. Like, what does that even mean? uh yeah it means that i had a little bit a little bit of faith i'd say but yeah for, for well, me at least when it, you're, when it comes you're to like, dating i mean i mean you're the outlier like you're the outlier for all kinds of reasons like most people's dating experience does not look like yours yours to them is just like a horror story to be honest like uh i don't know i can tell you plenty of like annoying horror stories for my life mine's probably pretty good these days um and like most people have no history at all or just like you know most guys most girls are not going to be happy with their dating lives that yeah that is and I, I, I get that when, when i was younger i was like bottom of the barrel like literally the the girls in my class make a list of like attractiveness to least attractive and i was stone stone bottom and uh yeah like every single time and i grew up thinking oh, okay there's nothing attractive about me and that with my confidence with my my self-image with so many things and eventually i i i was lucky enough that all of my emotions just kind of shut off and i had this like clarity of mind to really work on myself and i made myself more confident i made by just like forcing myself in situations again and again and again and again i made myself more calm and I opened my heart up. I made myself more honest and loving and all of these things. And uh, eventually I, I, I started becoming attractive to other people. And, uh, you know, then I, as I then went on, along in my, my spiritual journey, the, the quality of people that I was, I was meeting, obviously I was also hanging out in spiritual places, so it was helpful. But the quality of people that I would connect with because I could see them deeper than I, you know, than I previously could, because I'd, I'd met myself deeply as well. 
uh, it, it just kept go, it just kept going and going and going and going and, uh, and to the point where now I feel, you know, I really regularly, I meet loads and loads and loads of beautiful people. I'm not, I'm not dating at the moment because I'm married, but so many beautiful people that are actually like, and beautiful women that are starving for a spiritual man. They're just waiting to be able to connect with that divine masculine presence, but there's just not many dudes out there that are willing to work on themselves. And so much of the dating industry right now is just like preying on men's insecurities and saying they have to manipulate women into liking them, or they have to do these tricks and these rules and get really big and all of these things. And, and a lot of it just comes down to actually, no, a woman just wants like a, a divine king you know they want somebody that's done the inner work is honest and loyal and powerful and confident and uh and 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 has ambition and uh this that's what i'm saying man you're, you're all of these things you're all of these things and uh so from the outside perspective it's it, it sometimes it sometimes can be quite baffling to be like oh what the fuck jungle isn't isn't is having difficulties with his dating life i know most of my my when when we spoke about it on twitch stream most people's reaction like what <laughs> what are you talking about well, um, there's, a, there's a few things that are unspoken here. So first of all, um, the one particular girl that I've told you about, uh, I found her to be outrageously impossible to deal with. Like, there was like no winning with this person, unless I just yeah. magically knew how to deal with trauma, which is impossible. I mean, psychologists don't know how to deal with it. So that was like a whole separate bag of whatever. And that with my mind a lot. I mean, I'm still thinking about it now. It's, I'm not really, uh, it still makes me mad thinking about it because it's just so unfair, the whole situation. But um, there's a few unspoken things here. So all the things you mentioned are good. Um, but so I, I could see them really working in like, you know, spiritual communities and in, and in like the right social circles and things like that. I could totally see all that working or even in foreign countries, to be honest. But at least in like really superficial uh, communities and... Um, things oriented around online dating where none of those qualities matter at all. Uh, like those things just don't matter basically. Like it's how hot you are and how tall you are. And like the, the girls don't look at much besides those things. They look at, you know, they look at your vibe, whatever that is. They care if you like look positive and happy. They care if uh, you look cool, which is also superficial for the most part. I mean, not a hundred percent, but um, you know, money, and then, yeah, and I mean, then if you, like, if, if, if you they, go to the circus, you're gonna find some clowns, man. But maybe, maybe these superficial circles aren't the one. I mean, it's like the main it's, online dating is like growing, and growing faster and faster. I mean, this is like the main way to meet people. And like, there's a couple other things to say. I'm struggling is a little bit, um, in a sense, yes. Um, but it's a bit my own bullshit that I'm dealing with. I realized, oh, my uh, expectations are out of whack, which is very common things these days, where. Like on paper, I'm actually doing very well, um, but yeah, I don't exactly have what I want, partly because I was effectively traumatized myself by a very horrible experience with this particular person. Um, and yeah, I mean, that had a major effect. And on top of that, uh, another thing is that for what you say to be to work, someone has to actually be very social in the first place, which is itself like very time consuming. Um, like. I like, for example, don't really have time to go to, I mean, I have some time, but uh, I think it's like already a challenge to go and like go out and meet people and you just meet people at like such a slow pace in comparison to, you know, online, which you can just like flip through all these little things. So it's like very, I don't think a lot of people have this like well-developed community of like meeting people. I'm like sitting here thinking like, what is this community? I know you go to Kurtan's. And like some events on Eventbrite, I mean, that must be it because it's like, I, I mean, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I mean, I mean, people what is everywhere it? I go. What? Okay. Like, like I, like I just went to a restaurant before this and I've made friends with every single one of the staff members. I mean, some of the new ones I haven't yet, but I will, if I continue going. And, you know, I, I, if I go out in the street, sometimes I'll just stop and, you know, compliment someone on something. Or if I sit in a park, maybe, maybe I'll spark up a conversation with somebody. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just, I, you know, I'll go to a lot of these events as well. And I, I I'm probably meeting like, yeah, just like a, a handful of people every single week that I have like genuine deep connections with, not that they're my friends or anything. Cause you can't have that many friends, but um there's so there's so many people out there and i i think the idea 
is that by scrolling through all of these people, the quality of connection that you're going to find is just so small in comparison. Um, and I, I did the online dating thing and it, it, it sucked. It really sucked. And it, it was horrible for my self-esteem. Like I came out just feeling so ugly because there's the parade of distribution where there's the most attractive dudes just crush and then everyone else just gets fucked. And even if you're an attractive dude, it's still like, you, you, you know, it's like you're competing in a really harsh environment. And um, yeah, and then going, going to these, these spiritual communities, it's like, oh, okay, everyone's on an even playing fields. And you know, it, it's, it's not like you're there to date. It's like, Hey, I'm just there to connect with people to have fun. And then if it happens, it happens. And for me, those kind of, those kind of relationships forming are always a lot deeper and they come from a lot. It just feels a lot more fulfilling and it feels like there's a high quality of connection. Sure. Um, so, so you're aware, uh, I mean, you must know this, but most people do not go out and meet like every person when they go to a restaurant. Like, I, I don't even know how I do that. Even if I wanted to just by the way, like, I don't, I don't personally meet that many people like go out on the street, nor that I have like really, I don't know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, frankly. I mean, I was going to like a spiritual I, I, I literally have a memory of coming across you. I, I, this was just a story for people at home. I, I was walking down Oxford Circus and I see Jungle Man. Before yeah, yeah, we were yeah. even that close friends, I see randomly talking to another woman on the street because you were, you, and I think it's amazing that you were doing this. You were going up to people and and you know just like trying to get to know them on the street and and it it's I think it's so cool that you did that. Well, if I if if I like a girl, I will. I mean, if it makes sense, I'll like try to talk to her. Like, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh it's just like most guys don't do that. So, by so itself, I didn't like, know that you didn't know the person that. And from her perspective, it must have looked like it was like a setup, and I was like a stooge. <laughs> that I was like, oh my god, Jungle Man. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, he's got his friend to come in and recognize him or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it was, that was really funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what you're talking about is like quite an outlier. It's very hard, even if like, even if you could say that being an extrovert is possible, which I think is very debatable it would be a very hard change for most people out there. And like, I'm thinking to myself, like, why should I go meet all these people in a restaurant? Like I could see it in like an event where I'm bonding with people and it makes sense. Like I've, I've had that myself. If it's like the right event, like our Basel, for example, I met, like I felt very connected to lots of people. Um, but at just random events, I don't know. It takes like really some high level friendliness to do this. Like, that by itself is already basically a virtue i would say yeah it took, it took me a long time to get to that point and i still get i still get fearful sometimes especially especially around attractive women even though i'm married even though i'm married like speaking to attractive women there's still this part of me that's like this young kid that's like scared of rejection and so you know it, it wasn't easy to get there I, I was diagnosed asperger's dude i was like bottom of the bottom of confidence and i grinded my way up i it, whenever i found that i was scared of anything i just did it and I was like, oh, I'm scared of dancing. I gotta, I gotta start dancing. It's not that has to be good. I has, it just has to be confident. And well, so now I, that story than that, but that's a good idea. Uh, I think that's good overall. I mean, dancing in those curtains is probably a good idea. If I'm really thinking about it, it's the, it's a, a hard change. Um, but I mean, I think that's probably a good thing for the most part. There's definitely some caveats. So you don't embarrass yourself in like high stakes versions of that you can say <laughs> yeah I, I i it's just so beautiful to be able to to be able to let go let go of all these attachments of like looking stupid or whatever it is like if, if i go to a festival now or if i go to a music concert people think i'm on drugs because i'm dancing and i'm just it's not like i'm dancing crazy i'm just dancing and i'm in flow and people assume that you can't be sober because uh, who dances sober and uh yeah it's uh, for me it's like so many people are disconnected from the the essence of what it is to be human and if you look at kids kids aren't scared of dancing they're not scared of going up to strangers and saying hi until they eventually get conditioned into it and uh and we we just get so so heavily socially conditioned and culturally conditioned that, that I, we stop I don't know if human. i agree with you on this one to be honest um i think there are valid reasons not to dance I think actually in many contexts it's quite a risk, but not in a curtain. I think in a curtain, what do, what it's do you mean, what do you mean it's a risk? Well, if you're a guy and you're not very good at dancing and you're around girls you might talk to later, you can 
fucking turn them off and they're gonna not, not be interested in you for example bro if a, if, or, a, if a woman is is unattracted to me because of the way that i dance then she ain't for me man i mean that's a nice thought but you're gonna put off like if you're bad at dancing you could put off like a lot of them i mean also if you don't really enjoy it like why should you like take this unnecessary risk or like what if I mean, those are the really the main two risks. There aren't really much risk beyond that. Um, yeah, and the, and the idea is that when you're confident, there's no, there's no such thing as being bad at dancing or singing when you're confident. I don't agree with that. That's not true. That's not true, dude. All right, all right, that's man. not if true. You, if, you if can you have bad at, would, you, would you look at it? Would you look at a kid that's just going like this and be like, "Oh, such a shitty dancer"? Well, you would, you wouldn't do that because he's a kid. If you're an adult and they say that, would yeah, you, would you, you think do that. It? I mean, so not you, really. You, you would think me, it's funny me, because you're the, the kidness. It's it's not the same comparison. If you saw me at a at a club and I was just or a kid and I was just doing this, you know, would you be like, ah, oh, this guy, what a retard? <laughs> I wouldn't think. I personally wouldn't think anything because I don't care. But there would definitely be people that will think like, oh, this guy's just like. Now in this case, like it should be whatever. But if you're dancing off rhythm, they'll say they'll think, yeah, this guy's a bad dancer. That's a yeah. fact. And that uh, would be, I'd... that that can be off-putting to, you know, I mean, you can be right about what you said, but, like, in the modern world, things like that, like, can be heavy triggers for, like, it's like, why put yourself in that situation anyway? Well, the, the Especially idea if you don't is enjoy that it. I, I, I don't, I don't want to attract people that judge people for dancing in a joyful way, no matter how it looks. I don't want to be with those people. I don't want to be around those I, people. I agree with you, but people in the modern world, I mean, this is actually one of my biggest gripes of the modern world is that people just are just so judgmental in the, in the stupidest ways all the time. And they're constantly wrong. Um, and this is one of them. I mean, I mean, they're actually right in this case because you can't dance. You can't dance. Like there's no like wrong perception here. But um, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, deciding you don't want to be friends with someone because they're bad at dancing, this is, you know, suggests bad values. But, uh, mm. you know, in the modern day, you put off really a lot of people by doing that. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's really that many people that just aren't very judgmental. It's for sure in the minority of people. I can tell you that. Maybe may in most circles, but not in the circles I, I am. Yeah, no, I can see that. In a spiritual circle, uh, being judgmental does not make a lot of sense. Uh, I can totally yeah, see like that. People know that that's the thing you, that that's no bueno. And so, and also people recognize if that judgment comes up, that's a then thing. That ain't a, the person they're judging thing. If you're judging someone, it's a you thing. Uh, I agree. I actually agree. I'm just saying that it's going to put off a high amount, a large amount of people. And it takes really a, a pretty strong resolve, to be honest, to say, okay, f you know, these 70 to 80% of people that I'm putting off, um, like, especially if they yeah, bring I some benefits to your life, which is pretty often. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the pragmatic perspective. Like, it, it, this also requires, like, a, you know, a step of faith, basically. You have to say, like, okay, those people aren't for me. That's a strong step of faith. Like, reason is kind of against you in that situation. Pra or pragmatism is, anyway. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe I, when I'm choosing my very, very close circles of friends, I know that there are certain selective processes that I could go through that will just put off the wrong people. And um, I know, maybe that's and true. For, for, I mean, for, for me in general, like I, I, I can dance and people seem to be attracted to it. It's not that I'm like a good dancer, but there's like an energy that you can put off of confidence or like whatever swagger or whatever, whatever you want to call it that the people are, like, oh, he's being himself. You know, it's not like he's showing off. It's not like he's insecure. He's literally just expressing whatever's inside of him. Same with singing. Like I feel really confident singing in public because it's not that I'm there to show off my feathers. It's that I, I love life. And it makes me want to dance and sing and uh, connect with people. And then some people are going to be really put off by that. Trust me, a lot of people watching or I know. That, have, that have seen me are going to be like, what a fucking, you know, they're going to be like this fucking guy. Um, but well, just, that one's not even like that judgmental a thing. That's just like, I mean, that one's not that, not as far as like the things that can be judged for, that one's not that high up there, to be honest. Not too bad. Not too bad. You can judge. You can judge me for that stuff. But uh, they can judge me for that stuff. But it's uh, yeah. It's like I I think that the most important message that you can you can get is authenticity. 
you know, and if somebody is, is truly dedicated towards being themselves and expressing themselves, then eventually they're going to, they're going to attract the people that like the real version of them instead of this fake phony version of them that is cultivated to attract and to do all of these things. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, that seems inevitable. Yes. Um, I mean, maybe you're just doing it at a faster rate. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, I mean, is it really important to like a hundred percent of someone? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how it works to be honest. <laughs> like this for, is stuff that's for, confusing for, for, for me. And, for me and my wife, like there are parts of her that annoy the shit out of me. Like when she gets triggered and she gets like cold, you know, that, 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 that can be really annoying if I'm like, you know, if I'm about to have like a big day and about to be in some business meetings or I'm about to meet somebody like a potential investor for a charity, whatever, whatever it's going to be. And then I wake up and she's just in a really grumpy mood that can annoy the shit out of me. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I don't like it, but I love it. You know, I love all parts of her, her imperfections and I accept all parts of her. And I think it's, it's not about liking everything all the time, but it's about acknowledging that these are the imperfections and these are the things that you, you perhaps grate against you and maybe they could work on, or maybe you can work on liking more or accepting more. Um, but finding the right person that fit, fits you for, for all of the parts of you and not just the parts that, that, you know, a lot, a lot of the time in dating, everyone's just puts a, puts across the best sides of themselves. And then they wow. find people that will fall in love with the best sides of them. And then when it comes to like showing them their entirety, warts and all, um, then, uh, by the way, if you have warts, you could probably kill those things. Um, uh, but like, you know, pro like foibles and all, then, uh, you can, uh, you know, they, they, they end up, they end up, they end up breaking up or having, having a lot of difficulty. Well, um, I mean, this is probably of the problems with online or dating these days is that basically, um, I mean, it makes sense to do that because people are very judgmental, as I said. And so if there's any hint of any kind of whatever, um, or any even, you know, like, a, I mean, I don't really know what the solution is, but. I know that uh, people generally want what's called a, I believe it's called a fluid relationship where everything's always good and, you know, you're always feeling butterflies and blah, blah, blah. And if there's any sign of like, whatever, you know, red flags or variations of that or, you know, there's icks, blah, blah, blah. Many icks are ridiculous. Um, and if those happen and, you know, then the grass can pretty much always look greener because everyone's always presenting the brighter sides of themselves so it's very easy to like break up and then go look for something else if at least if you have options and you kind of see this in mass these days and that's why it feels like you have to uh be on your a-game the entire time because basically do um i mean it's certainly at least from like it's really hard to let's put it this way it's just really hard to uh play a game where you're always losing it's like playing like tournament poker if you know what i mean except <laughs> except yeah it's very similar actually i, I would use feels that as good a pretty good think. comparison feels good when you bink a tournament feels good when you bink a good human yeah I, I don't i don't really know what the solution is but one thing is for sure is that basically people get like generally no don't appear to know like what entails actually creating a relationship a lot of the time these days um or if that's really what their goal is maybe it's just to hook up I feel like we have, we've got through like 10% of this. Maybe, yeah. maybe we should do a round two pretty soon. Yeah. Maybe we should do uh, a round two. We haven't really talked that much about poker. Maybe we should do no, like, not even slightly.